This is episode number 847 with Marie Forleo. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Charles Schultz said, there is no heavier burden than an unfulfilled potential. Ah, potential is something we talk about all the time. It's something we all have and we can never truly reach. We can always grow into our potential, but then there's more untapped potential. So that's why life is a constant growing learning experience. And I'm so excited to dive into this topic with Marie Forleo, who is been a friend of mine for a long time. She's an entrepreneur, writer, and philanthropist who has created a socially conscious digital empire that touches millions. She's got an award-winning show, Marie TV, world-class online training programs, and has helped people dream big and take meaningful action to create results. She's been invited by Sir Richard Branson, mentor young entrepreneurs at his Center for Entrepreneurship in South Africa. She was featured as a thought leader on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and was interviewed by Tony Robbins as part of this new Money Masters DVD training program. She got a new book out, Everything is Figureoutable. It's out right now, so make sure you check the book out, Everything is Figureoutable. In this interview, we talk about the non-negotiable ways Marie has scaled back work, both personally and in the company, to refresh relationships and boost creativity. How many people work in fear and are therefore disengaged from their work. Why having real honest conversations with your partner is incredibly important to sustain the relationship. How to tap into your unused wisdom and talents and the powerful lesson Marie learned from her father about taking care of people. Super excited about this. Make sure to share it with a friend. Text a friend today who you think might be interested in this episode. Be a hero in someone's life, post it on social media, tag me and at Reforlio as well. So I'm sure she'd love to hear your thoughts about what you learned in this interview. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll be inviting everyone over. From barbecues to girls' night, the kids can even host their friends. Whoa, it smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy, the way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the inspiring Marie Forleo in the house, pumped that you are here. Yay! Very excited. I think I had you on maybe three years ago, I think. I think it might have been three, longer three than half, that. Four. We, we was in New York. Yeah. We've known each other for so long. Thank you, by the yeah, way. Excited. For having me on. I think I've known you for a decade. Yes. 2010, 2009, somewhere around there. Yes. When I moved to New York, I think I met you. Totally. Pretty quickly after that. I remember some of your earlier apartments and we would do, remember like we would do like mastermind meetings. Yes. We'd have all these meals. Yes. I remember you and I had some great meals together at Aria. Aria. The little Italian, remember the little Italian place in the West Village? Do we do that at solo, or do we do that with the group, the mastermind No, group? I mean, mastermind group, we've done, like, Japanese places, places, but yes. you and I would go, yeah. like, and we'd just, like, dig into yes. all these. Yes. yes. That's amazing. Fun. Good times. Ten years. Crazy. It seems to me like so much has happened, but it's gone by so fast in yeah. ten years for both of us. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in the last decade for you? That things, first of all, keep getting better. Mm. I think in our society, especially as it relates to, you know, as you get older, at least in my family, there was a lot of kind of cultural expectations like, oh, over this age, it kind of starts going down. Or you know what I mean? You're kind of, you peak when you're young and that's when all the good stuff happens. And for me, I feel like it keeps getting better. And I love that the best years are still ahead of me Mm. and that all the stuff that I've been through, there's like all of these exciting new possibilities. So that's one of the biggest lessons. And I think the other one is that I don't have to stress as hard as a human being, I have a really strong work ethic, mm-hmm. but I also tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. And the other lesson I've learned is that I don't need to do that, that the work actually gets done more joyfully and more creatively yeah. if I don't add on that additional layer of pressure and stress. Why do you pressure yourself? I have really high expectations. I want to take care of my team. I want to take care of my family. Mm -hmm. I want to do right by my customers. Like with this book, I wanted to do right by my publishing partners. And I always feel a sense of responsibility to make sure that I'm taking care of people. Mm -hmm. And embedded in that, I have historically put a ton of pressure on myself to make sure, you know, that the buck stops stops with me. But I think recently it's been really great to see how awesome it is to collaborate with people who are like, girl, I got this. Like, you're good. You go do your thing. I'll do my thing, and we'll create something together that's magic. And I've been like, this is amazing. Don't stress about it, yeah. Yeah. What's been the biggest challenge in the last 10 years? I think the biggest challenge for me in the past decade, that's a good question. You started Um, Marie TV, what, eight, nine years ago? Eight years ago? Yeah, so to put this all in context, so I've been doing what I've been doing for 20 years now. Yeah. So creating free content via email mm-hmm. back starting in like 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. which seems like crazy, insane. Then blogging, mm-hmm. and then I got Kuma in 2009. Kuma's my dog, my toy Australian sweet Shepherd. Dog. He's a sweet little pup. And here's the thing. When we first got him as a puppy and I was training him along with Josh, I didn't have time to write as many. Josh? No. (laughs) Training Kuma along with Josh. Josh knew what he was doing. I was just like, what do I do with a puppy? I didn't have as much time to write blog posts. And so I just started opening my webcam on my MacBook Pro and talking right into the camera. I remember those early videos. Yeah, they're still on the site. Yeah. And so... Marie TV was actually started not because I had some big vision for like a show that I wanted to do. It was actually because I didn't have much time because I had a really cute new puppy and I needed to get consistent content out and I felt much more comfortable and it was faster to talk into my webcam mm-hmm. than it was to construct a blog uh, post. So that's how Marie TV started back in like 2009 slash 2010. It's been almost 10 years. It'd be 10 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So I think one of the challenges of the past decade has just been to continue to stay really present with all of the work while continuing to grow the company, like making sure that folks on the team have the support that they need, making sure that we're attracting the right talent, Mm -hmm. people that have the right skills, uh, the right culture fit, and just, you know, keeping all those plates in the air. And then, of course, still having a life and making sure my relationship, you know, stays on track. How do you stay uh, on track with a connected, loving relationship as a female entrepreneur when you're putting so much energy into your business and the culture and the team and your customers? And I made so many mistakes. I mean, Mm. let's just be real. Like, I, I talk about this and I've told this story. Like, I worked so hard to get my business off the ground, and I was often working seven days a week, you know, not just coaching. Like, that was a portion of what I did, but to keep a roof over my head, it was bartending, it was waiting tables, it was, like, being a personal assistant, cleaning Mm -hmm. people's toilets, whatever I needed to do Mm -hmm. in order to pay my rent, put food on the table, and actually continue to grow the business. So I basically developed a habit of working nonstop. Before Marie TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like getting the business off the ground. Like I worked side gigs. You were like a fitness coach. You did like dance instruction. You did everything. I was a Nike elite dance athlete. I, you know, taught anywhere from like three to seven classes a week at Crunch Fitness. Some of them were choreographed. Some of them were basic fitness. I had the coaching clients. I was doing the content. And I was bartending and waiting tables. So I had developed this habit of nonstop work because that was what was necessary at that time. New York. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as Josh and I got together, and eventually when I let go of the bartending and the waiting tables and even the dance and fitness as a revenue stream, I didn't let go of the habit of working nonstop. And that created some real problems in the relationship where it was to the point that him and I had been together for seven years and never taken a vacation together. Wow. Like we had traveled because either he had something for his work or I had something for my work, but it was always work related. So it wasn't actual just together time, just him and I. And our relationship was almost over. Like he was kind of done with me. Wow. Because you were just, I want to work. I got to build my business. You don't understand me. This is my dream. I was operating too out of a lot of scarcity and a lot of just mm. habit, like feeling like if I didn't work constantly, that it was all going to fall apart. Mm. And so there were other things mixed in there mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. You know, there were other layers of just life pressures from all these different ends. But that was like a mm-hmm. definite, a critical so piece. Yes, yes, son. Oh yeah. And, so yeah. I, my stepson Zane came into my life when he was seven. So the year that Josh and I kind of, you know, one of the times we've had many bumps along the road. We've mm-hmm. been together for sixteen years. Any couple that's been together that long, it's it's not all unicorns not and perfect. rainbows. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Relationships are so difficult. But at that particular juncture, Zane was going off to college, which that was a really big thing in terms of Josh processing that, you know, having your kid go off after you've raised them and then me working all the time. There was this confluence of Mm. stressors that put us in couples therapy. And I had to really change a lot about how I was living, what I was believing, and really putting things back into perspective, which saved our relationship. What were you believing? Well, I was believing that if I didn't work constantly, that I wasn't a worthy person, that I wasn't doing enough to make my business successful, that I was perhaps letting people down. And so I had to really shift that and understand that, you know, I I come from a background, I don't come from a wealthy background. So the work ethic in my 
nuclear family is very strong. Like my my dad owned a small business. My mom, although she stayed home with us, she was constantly doing stuff, constantly working, constantly fixing things, constantly doing things that took care of the family. So that's the kind of DNA I grew up with was like, no, if something needs to get done, you get it done. Yeah. It's not like you sit around all day and eating bonbons and watching TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so so that's kind of how I got there. But then I really, I had to readjust if I actually wanted to not only have a successful business, but have a successful mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you came to this realization that like, okay, I can take a day off a week or I can take two weeks and go to Italy? Or- yes, 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 yes. So that was probably, I may not get the dates right because time mm-hmm. gets warped for yeah. me. But that was, I would say, well over like a decade ago okay, where, I, yeah, where yeah. I started gotcha. making some changes and then really starting to see also how much more creative and productive I was when I scaled back a little mm-hmm. bit. And that was a really powerful realization because I think often, and I understand this, and I think it's, it's important to contextualize this because at different stages of our life and at different stages of our creative process, we need to work in different rhythms. Mm. You know, often when you're getting something off the ground, it's kind of like a rocket ship leaving the atmosphere. It takes a lot of inertia to break free from gravity, right, to get into mm-hmm. that upper stratosphere. So there's a lot of work required in the in the beginning, but then you have to adjust as you move on. And I just needed to learn that lesson. But Because um, you were just in like, launch mode all the time. Correct. Like we got to launch, 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 launch. I mean, not launching things, but the idea and the energy behind. Correct. Go, go, go. Yep. So yeah, I think it's about a, a decade ago is when I really started making some good changes yeah. and putting boundaries and bumpers in place for myself. And what that means was that at the top of the year, mm-hmm. what we do in terms of relationship and even for the company, we do the same thing. So there's two points I want to make here. In terms of my personal relationship, Josh and I look at the calendar at the top of the year and we mm. set non-negotiable adventure time. Wow. So my That's favorite cool. place to go is Italy. That's my happy place. So we, and we don't always have to go there, but it's just been a habit for like the past four or five years. And we set two weeks in the calendar where it's like, he doesn't accept work. I tell the team like, this is the time we're going to be away. No matter what's going on, we're just offline. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then there's other kind of smaller adventures that we plan, like adventures with friends Mm -hmm. where, you know, have a bunch of friends up for a couple of days around a birthday or around a holiday and like put these bumpers in place so that both him and I know that there are these solid connection moments throughout the year that no matter how busy everything else gets, that we have these things to look forward to. And that's been a game changer. Wow. And then in the company, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but uh, one day I was in New York and I was having like a really bad PMS craving for carbs. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, mama needs some carbs. And I was feeling like a croissant. And there was this great little French bakery <laughs> around the corner that I had never been to. And I'm like, I'm going to go get my croissant right now. So I roll up to this little French bakery. And on the window, there was like this handmade sign that said, you know, off for vacation back July 18th. And it was like this two-week thing. Wow. You were like, what? And I was like, wait, wait, what? Your this business. Like, you need to be here. Yes. And yet there, it was empty. And this simple little like hand-drawn sign. And in that moment, Lewis, I had this notion. I was like, wait a minute, I'm running this digital company. I have all of these amazing, beautiful, gorgeous souls that I work with. And we're producing content once a week, every week, nonstop. 
when do we ever take a break? And the advantage for me, like Josh, who works in entertainment, like series sometimes, they'll have, you know, you watch your favorite series. Like I love Handmaid's Tale. I love Stranger Things. You see 11 or 12 episodes. And wait a year. And yes. And (laughs) then they're off for a little while, right? (laughs) And I thought to myself, why do I not have downtime built into my business? And this was about the time when also there was just a cultural uprising with like, you know, hustle 24-7 and you have to work nonstop and like never take a break and I'll I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm like, those are horrible messages for your health. Yeah. So we decided after I saw so after I had my croissant craving, I told my director of operations, I said, starting right now, we're going to close the company down for two weeks in the summer and two weeks in the winter. And in addition to people's already having their, yes, their vacation time. And we started that, I guess, maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago. I might be wrong on those dates, but a good number of time ago. And uh, so our company goes dark twice a year. And now the company's at a place where not everyone in customer service takes off those exact same two weeks, Um, so they stagger so that we can take care of people. But everyone has two weeks of dark time, two weeks of dark time. And what's great about that is that you don't get FOMO, thinking that you're off and there's all these other things happening and there's projects moving ahead Mm. and there's these things that you want to be in on, but you're like feeling that tension because the rest of the company is moving ahead and you're Mm. trying to relax. Mm -hmm. So it's been a game changer for us as a team. Five years ago, roughly. Yeah. Interesting. Have you felt any negative effects of that? Not one. What if you took a month off in the winter and a month off? Is there like too much time where you're like, okay, now people are just... It's a great question. We haven't tested that, so I don't know. Two weeks for us has felt like a really beautiful amount of space. Mm -hmm. So over the past couple years, the feedback, and we all talk about what we do when we come back, and we also share very openly about how it feels. And this this is no bullshit, too. This is one of the things I'm most proud of. When everyone comes back from break, they are, A, so excited to get back from work. It's almost like a little joke. They're like, oh, my God, I missed you guys yeah, so much. Yeah. Like, And they talk about how they spent time with their families, like mm. the adventures that they had, how they got wow. a chance to refresh and renew themselves. And they come in with all these ideas. They didn't work on those ideas while they were away. Mm. It's just— This the, came to them. This it came to them because— they had a chance to step space. away. Yeah, they had space. Yeah. And this is the other cool thing, Lewis, is I'm really proud of this. Oftentimes, and I don't find out about this until after a fact, they come back and I see these photos uploaded into Slack. They went to hang out with each other. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's, that's cool. amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Wow. So now, those are those, some big changes. Are those four weeks, are those paid or is it just we're off and you guys take your time off? And no, then, they're paid. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so they have... We have pretty good benefits because I feel like in our culture, I was just talking about this last night with uh, my creative director. We were at dinner. It's such a strange environment that so many people that work for companies feel afraid. Mm. Like they feel afraid of what? Expendable. Mm. Like there's no sense of loyalty. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about someone that we know collectively who's like super talented, but in an industry where things are shifting fast. Mm-hmm. And this person, you know, there's always this undercurrent of not knowing whether or not they're going to be let go because budgets or this, that, or the other thing. And there's not necessarily a connection between employee and employer. Yeah. And uh, granted, many people may, well, that's just the way that business works. That's, that's how it must be. And I don't agree with that. Mm. Like, I want the people that work for me 
and with me to feel a sense of safety and security. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I get hit by a bus, you know, we yeah. don't know, something may happen, but that's all outside of all yeah. of our control. But on a day-to-day basis, for someone to feel like if they're contributing their top gifts and their talents and their time mm-hmm. to an organization, that that organization is also as equally invested in their health mm-hmm. and well-being, mm-hmm. their sanity, their ability to show up fully for their family, to have time, to have flexibility. I just think that's where we need to go if we want to create One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Real change in our culture. I mean, there's that statistic that's been around for a while now. It hangs out that about 70% of people here in the United States are actively disengaged from their work. Right. You know, on maybe some level. Maybe they're there level. for like two hours actively. You know, maybe there's two hours of work a day, right? Yeah, or but just even the sentiment that they have towards their work. Like they're not satisfied with it. Mm, they're, you know, going through the motions, just showing up. They're doing it only because they get a paycheck. Yeah. They feel no sense of meaning or purpose. And the economic repercussions of having 70% of our workforce disengaged at work or not liking their work or not feeling satisfied with it is enormous, Mm. which speaks nothing of the emotional or the psychological or the spiritual cost of having that proportion of our workforce unhappy. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. What are the things you think you're not doing well in your business? I think a lot of these have started to shift with this book project. So I tend to be a person, There's this comes from two places. 
I like to be involved in things because I'm very collaborative. Yeah. So I love to see how things are turning out and I love yeah. to like put my spin on them or at least have my input. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, that can be overbearing. Mm-hmm. I don't want folks to feel like they constantly have to run things past me. My team definitely knows I trust them. So the thing that I haven't done well in the past is delegating enough, letting go enough control. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly with this project, it's pushed us all so far outside of our collective comfort zones that it's been a joy to be like, you guys make the decision. Wow. You're amazing. You're intelligent. You're smart. Whatever you choose, I'm going to be happy with. Wow. Yeah. That's been good. It's hard to do to let go of that, right? It's been great. It's been good? <laughs> it's been really great. Like the fact that I'm this like awake and happy and, and like in it right now speaks to my kind of let go and let Jesus take the wheel. And in this yeah. case, Jesus manifests as my team. It's amazing. <laughs> Just let people make decisions and move on. Yes. You do what you need to do and let everyone else do what they need to do. Yeah, it's the only way to sanity. What do you think is missing in your life? I honestly, I'm going to sound like probably such a butthole saying this. (laughs) I don't feel like anything's missing. Mm -hmm. Like I feel really, first of all, I feel really appreciative of everything. The fact that I have my health, the fact that I have a team and people that I love and people that love me. And I don't feel like there's a if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you feel like you'll regret if you don't do something in the next 10 years? Hmm. So you've had 10 years now of kind of launching this version two of your business, I would say, right? Yes, 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 yes. And now the next decade's coming up. What will you regret if it's 2030, we're doing this again, sitting here, and you're like, I'm really upset at myself because I didn't do this in my personal life, in my business, my health, my family, the world. yes. I would say the only thing I could foresee at this moment not regretting is not continuing to take that quality time with people I love. Mm. That would be the thing that if for whatever reason I started making justifications Right. To well, change. this opportunity is so amazing, so i yeah. got to go here and Correct. do this. That would be the only thing to be super really? transparent with you. Yeah, because looking back on these past 10 years— the mm. quality time with people that I love is mm. everything. And I know this so viscerally in my body is that we're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And we never know when the people that we love gone. gone. And so for me, there is nothing more important than maintaining and mm-hmm. enriching and deepening those personal, rela- like friend relationships, Josh, my family, like making sure that I show up mm-hmm. as fully as possible and not letting anything take me off track from that. Yeah. Because it's having not had money and starting with like tons of debt and building everything from the ground up and now being in a different position, it's like I can see so clearly that success on an exterior level, like that's amazing and I'm grateful for it, but nothing can make up for not having a sense of love in your life and not having people that you care about and that you're invested in. So there's nothing that I could strive for or reach for that's going to be more important than this, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You probably get asked this a lot. Do you... Is my hair real? (laughs) No, that one too. That one too. (laughs) That's yeah, true. We found out before it's real. It's amazing. I love it. Lewis asked me, he's like, are those extensions? I was like, no, buddy. I was like, that's fine. I, I knew it wasn't, but I just wanted to ask. Yeah, no, I get it. 
the kid, the kid thing. Mm. Do you feel like? Oh, I, think, yeah, I think you get that. asked this a lot. I'm assuming you get asked this a lot by Sometimes. the women. Do you ever feel uh, pressure or judged or whatever uh, critiqued because you don't have kids yet? And I think you don't want to have kids. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it is. So, so I want to actually hit on all of mm-hmm. those because each that you mentioned, pressured, judged, critiqued, or critiqued. Yeah. So let's stick with pressured, judged, or critiqued because those are very distinct flavors. Yes. yes. So um, <laughs> at this stage, I don't get asked as much anymore because I've been talking about it so consistently and trying to be as as loving and just Mm -hmm. straight up as possible about the fact that I've never wanted kids Mm -hmm. and real about the fact that I chose consciously or unconsciously a man who already had a child. So some part of me clearly wanted to be a stepmom because I am. And I love my stepson and he's awesome. So there's that. But I've never wanted to have my own biological kids. Why is that, do you think? You know, I've also never wanted to get married. Mm -hmm. I just think that we're all kind of born with these innate desires. And sometimes we adopt the expectations of our family, of society, of Mm -hmm. the culture that we grow up in. For whatever reason, I feel like I popped onto this earth with a very clear inner compass of the things that I would like to explore or learn or experience and also a very clear compass of those things which I just am not interested in. I don't not want it for other people. It's almost like when you go to a beautiful buffet, right? And you walk up and you're like, oh my goodness, there's these vegetables and oh, there's these desserts and these Mm -hmm. possibilities. You don't necessarily take from every option that's there. You're naturally attracted to some things over the other. So in my life, I've always known what I wanna go after and the little plate that has have children and the little plate that's like <laughs> get, get married, married was not in your was I just was like that's not for me it's not desirable it's not my path and so earlier on in my life I had many people tell me that I'm making the worst mistake ever that I'm gonna regret it both marriage and baby not having babies and not being mostly married. babies yeah yeah mostly babies was that I was gonna you know reach some age and just absolutely hate myself and like it would be the feel biggest alone, mistake of my life yeah. that I was gonna die alone and I'm like I'm gonna die alone anyway we'll all die that's alone. How, uh, that's exactly right we're not um, holding hands dying with someone yeah, crossing likely not over. unless you know God it's forbid a notebook. plane goes down yeah. right <laughs> so there was that in terms of you know so the feeling judged about it. And criticize. Let's go into those pockets because that's interesting to me. I have had uh, folks, and I can understand this, so I do understand it, but I think that there is just room to explore it and have a discussion when it comes to having a conversation around productivity, having a conversation around business growth, having a conversation around priorities. And people can be very bold and courageous on like an Instagram comment where mm-hmm. they wouldn't be right, right. nearly so, talking, you yeah. know, <laughs> if you were sitting across the table and just having a conversation, it was like, well, it's easy for you to say, those of us that have kids. And I'm like, now all of a sudden, anything that comes out of my mouth is all of a sudden without merit mm-hmm. because I have not given biological birth to a child through my yeah, vagina. Yeah. Like, really? Right. Is that where we're going to take this? Oh, and by the way, let's take a look at other folks that I have worked with who have seven kids, right, right. eight kids who say, oh, I found value in this principle and here's how I made this idea work in the context of my life. 
So I think that it's really interesting to have someone judge another person for mm-hmm. their choices. Yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that. How do you handle being judged for that or for anything? Oh, I give absolutely <clears throat> no, no attention. F's. Right, yeah, I you just, don't care. I don't because, you know, the more you care about what other people think, the more they own you. Mm-hmm. The more power they have over you. Yeah, and it's like, I want people to win. That's who I am as a person. I want people to win. I want them to be well. I want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I could possibly share that even a tiny nugget of what I share helps them become more of who they want to be, then I feel I have done my job successfully. Do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. No way. No one has all the answers. But I do believe that what we create in our company and the programs we put together and the things that we share help people find their own answers. Mm. So I don't, honestly, I don't care. I really don't care because if someone is going to take the time to either make that comment or that judgment, it my perspective would be that there's something in their own life that's not working that puts them in that position of feeling a sense of pain or feeling like they have to judge someone else to justify what's happening in their own life. I just don't think that gets any of us anywhere. So what do you do when people are judging you online or do you just delete? Do you just leave it and don't don't respond? Do you just say thank you for the feedback (laughs) and move on? It depends, I think, contextually. Like if someone has a different opinion and they express it respectfully, Amazing. If someone's being hateful and trying to incite other people into a space of negativity and there's no basis in fact, there's no desire to have a meaningful conversation, again, depending on where it is, like we have a very, very clear and um, strong boundary in our programs. Like there's like a zero negativity, zero drama, zero bullshit policy that we have. Because No one can learn if they're in an unsafe environment. And if you feel like expressing an opinion or just kind of taking people down this drama-filled road, that's not why we're here, you know, in the context of my business, in the context of trying to help people gain skills and understandings. It's like, if you want to go have contentious conversations, (laughs) go do it with a group of people. Do it on your own page. Go do it on your living room or go hold a community gathering Invite people, correct, or whatever, (laughs) but not in the learning environment that you have entrusted me to support you in. Mm -hmm. That's not about to happen. Mm -hmm. But on public pages, again, if it's just someone who actually just wants to have a meaningful conversation, which is, you know, the exception, not the rule, let's have that meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. But if it's someone who's just looking to kind of take a dump in your living room and stir the shit, I'm like, nah. Yeah. Nah, not interested. I want to take a quick moment to tell you about the Greatness Mastermind. Now, if you are an influencer with a large social media following, or if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur making seven figures in your business a year or eight figures and beyond, then I want you to check out greatnessmastermind.com. This is a year-long program where we curate high-level influencers, high-level entrepreneurs to be a part of our coaching program where we pull back the curtain, we bring you together with other high-level influencers and entrepreneurs to help you scale your business, to help you grow your brand, and ultimately bring in more income for your business as well. This is all about building a bigger brand, making more impact in the world, and bringing in more income as well. If you want to learn the strategies about how we built our brand, the School of Greatness brand, my personal brand, my business, how I've connected with some of the most influential people in the world, 
all the different strategies we do with marketing, sales, our team, social media, everything that we do, then go to greatnessmastermind.com, read the form, and only apply if you feel called and ready to make the commitment to take your business and your impact to the next level. This is only for select people who are ready. It's a premium investment as well because we want to make sure the right people are involved who are committed to taking their business to the next level. So go to greatnessmastermind.com. And if that's you, make sure to apply today. And we'll see you there. And now let's get back to the interview with Marie Forleo. So how do you um, navigate your relationship? Let's say, I don't know if Josh wants to get married or not, but if he wanted to get married at some point. Yeah. Like 10 years down the line, he was like, you know what? I just really want to be married. Yeah. Would that be something you'd be open to or changing your mind about? Yeah. I mean, and what if he's like, I really want to have another kid? Yeah. We've had the kid conversation, so I'm very really? clear on that one. Yeah, we've already, we've, because I think that it's important, especially for couples, I think it's important to have those real conversations about. Early. Yes. So we tackled that one. Okay. And we talked about it. And he was really loving and open with me, like, hey, especially, you know, after being together 16 years in the early parties, like, if you change your mind and want to have kids, like, I would love to have a kid with you. So he was, but he's like, but I don't feel the, like, I I have my son. Do you know what I mean? He's a father already. So there was no. It's not pressuring you. No. It was just more like the open invitation. And then in terms of marriage, I don't like to say never to anything. Mm-hmm. I just like to be honest about my truth in this moment. Mm-hmm. But if there came a point in the future where my something in me goes like, I'm super into this. And he was like, I'm super into this too. Let's do it. That very well could happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm super open with that. But I, what I love about our relationship is we, we throw it on the table mm. and we talk about it. Everything. Yes. All the time. I think that's the best way to do it. It's the only way because... We human beings are complex, and expecting another person to just capitulate to your desires Mm. or what you really, it's like it doesn't honor their individuality, and I really believe that there is a way to nurture and love and support the growth of the person that you love Mm -hmm. without pressuring them consciously or subconsciously to bend at your will. Right, or manipulative or passive-aggressive in some ways to get them to do something yeah. They don't want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And for, for us, and I'll just the last thing I'll say on this, like in terms of a romantic relationship, the most important things to me, like, do we actually love each other? Do we respect each other? Are we loyal to one another? Is there love and passion? Do we feel a sense of intimacy and connection? Do you, you know what I mean? It's like on a day-to-day basis, are we waking up so excited to be with one another? Not that it's always that way. Right, I'm right, just right. talking the vast majority yeah. of the time. Is yeah. shit on track? And if it is, in my book, winning. You're winning, yeah. Super winning. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're 90, 80% of the time, things are positive. Correct. And pretty smooth. And, it's pretty good. And you still love that person. You want to yeah. be with them. So like with Josh, it's like I, he is my human. He mm. is my person. We love our lives together. And when our work takes yeah. us, we're like, okay, you know, what's our next adventure together? Or like, when, cool. when do we get to see each other? Or we switch our plans so that we have that night together if it was going to be three weeks of going in different directions. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I will fly home, even if it's just oh, for great. dinner or whatever. Or, do you know what I mean? That's cool. But that, to me, means more than a marriage certificate. Mm-hmm. Again, this yes, is just this my— is personal truth. This yeah. is my own personal truth, not yeah. for other people. Of course. Just for me. Where do you think you'd be if you were single the last 10 years? Oh, my goodness. 
Um, like, would you would your business be as successful? Do you think? Again, we're just. I know it's hypothetical. Do you think, or do you think? I don't know. You'd be distracted, or what do you think you would be? It's a great question. I don't know the honest answer to that, but I would be lying if I didn't say that the love and the depth of trust and connection that that we have together it's impossible that that hasn't positively impacted my business. Yeah, Being single these past 10 years, like sometimes (laughs) I honestly will go out and about and I just, I look up and I'm like, thank you, sweet Jesus, Mm. to that I am not kind of out on the scene. I just, I just, yeah, and like bless people that are and I, you know, I hope for everyone who wants love to, to have love and yeah. to find love in the in the form that's good for them, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm just real happy. So I, I don't even know. Do you think your business would be uh, as, as profitable and successful? You know, to be really honest, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like depending on how wild and crazy I got over those last ten years, you know, you c- I could envision a version where it wasn't, but I could also envision a version that it was actually technically more successful. Who knows? Right. right do do exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah, it could yeah. have been like. More financially successful or something. Yeah. Or something. Just yeah. because you know why? Because I didn't take More those. Time. Exactly. Yeah. Just didn't take a break. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so um, that's as possible, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the other one. Do you know any examples of individuals who have extremely successful brands, careers, or businesses who are single after 40 where they have healthy businesses and they are happy? Mm. Do you have do you have any friends like that, like females, males, like that, who are single for single and or, or really not married, no kids, and they're just crushing and happy and fulfilled? Mm. I don't. I was thinking about my friend, a friend that I have, who is in her sixties, who is not married, but now recently has a boyfriend. But she also does have a child, mm-hmm. but it's an adult child. Mm-hmm. And she's she's very happy and she's very satisfied with she's her life. She's been single for a while. Or? She was single for the like a very good portion of mm. her adult life, and only within the last year has a new boyfriend. And she did really well. And she, and she did happy. really well. And she's amazingly wow. happy. So that's one that comes to mind. I'm trying to think. Most of my other dear friends are in some type of partnership, marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, always, yeah. I'm always curious about that because I think about the men that I admire the most. They're yes. typically in a committed marriage or some type of committed relationship. Yes. And their businesses take off when they have that support. Yeah. As opposed to just the distractions that are out in the world. Yeah. So. I think there's something settling that happens mm-hmm. for us when, when we have someone that we want to devote our mm-hmm. love to and invest yeah. in that that person and who they are. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I do. This book came about, I think, from an Oprah talk that you did three years ago, almost four, three and a half years ago, four years ago. Is yeah. It was? The idea I'd been talking about for, for a while, for like yeah. two decades. But your mom taught you this when you were younger growing yeah. up. Yeah. Yep. But then you did a speech on it, yep. which I saw, which is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Here in LA. And everyone's been asking you to do a book for a decade, and you finally decided to do one. Yes. Why do you feel like you wanted to do one now? And why this topic and not something else? So 
the why now piece was a lot about trusting myself. Mm. You know, when I think any of us have opportunities knocking at the door, it can feel easy to be like, oh, I need to say yes because, Mm -hmm. you know, this window of opportunity isn't going to be open long or this is going to help me quote unquote get ahead or, you know, I need to make sure I still maintain my edge and get out there. And one of the things that's been a big lesson for me is to always trust my own timing and not the exterior Mm -hmm. pressures of the world. Mm -hmm. And when those calls kept coming in, like, we need a book from you. Let's do a business book. Let's do whatever book. I was like, no, it doesn't. It feels like there's a seed that's been planted. And just like a real life plant, that seed takes some time. You have to water it. There. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not needs to be the right nutrients in the soil, needs to be the right weather. And then even as the seedling comes up out of the ground, you can't tug on it too fast to get it to bloom faster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have to nurture it yeah. and it has to take the time it takes to come into its full possibility. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt with this book. I had known that there was a big idea I wanted to write about when Oprah and her team had asked me to speak at Super Soul Sessions. The first thought about what the title of the talk would be was everything is figureoutable. And then I had appeared in my mental theater, this is your book. Like, mm. it wasn't even like it was a decision. It was mm. like, it was like the seedling had come up and go, this is me. <laughs> right, now right. you are going to be ready to, right, you right. know what I mean? So, but the bigger reason in terms of an exterior reason, there's two things. One, we have a lot of challenges collectively happening right now. There's over 350 million people around the world that suffer from depression. Mm. Suicide rates in the United States are at a 30-year high. That speaks nothing of the economic, political pollution. Thinking about every level of inequality and injustice that impacts us. So we've got a lot of problems that yeah. both individually and collectively we need to solve. Mm-hmm. And I ran into a, a mutual friend of ours, Toby, who runs Shopify, I think you know him. Mm-hmm. I was um, actually working on the manuscript at like a restaurant in New York, and he walked in. And I was like, oh my goodness, because he's from Canada. I'm like, what are you doing here? And um, we caught up, and he's like, why are you writing a book? You're so busy with the rest of your business. It's not like you need to write yeah. a book. And this is what I told him. I said, Toby, honestly, I feel like if I were to walk out in the street right now and I got hit by a bus, this is the one idea that I would mm. want to leave behind. Mm. Um, from every Marie TV, from everything I've ever done, mm. I feel like if I can somehow communicate this idea in a book form in a way that people can really get that I could leave and go to that next chapter being like, peace, y'all. I did my thing, right? Like, I'm fine. I'm good. So that's the reason I wanted to write this book because I feel like every single one of us has such innate wisdom and so many capabilities that we're not even fully aware of. And that if I could write about this simple three-word phrase that has helped me at every single stage of my life and continues to help me to this day, I still use it every day. 
it would give people a tool that could serve them regardless of where they come from, regardless of their age, regardless of their economic background, regardless of their cultural background, because it's so simple. It's not yeah, complex. Simple. I joked because I struggled a lot through the writing process. You're like, it's so simple. It's Why? so simple. Yeah. I was. I remember like at points kind of tearing my hair out, feeling so terrible, like I'm a bad writer and I don't know if any of this is good. And going, but going like this, I, I made the joke. I was like, can't we just write a book with everything is figureoutable on the cover and then there's blank pages that's throughout? It. Like, yeah. that's it. That like on a very kind of joking but meta level, like yeah. this is all you need to know. That's it, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the best the best selling books are always the the, the most basic. Yes, it's like the foundational, principles. right. Yeah, like it's, the four agreements. It's literally like four sentences. Yes. It's the whole book. But it's so profound exactly. in its simplicity. Simplicity. The yes. five-second rule. It's like, okay, it's, you know, yes. say five or three, do one. And it's like, that's the whole book. You yes. know, it's... Uh, all these things. So you are a badass. It's like, okay, I'm a badass. You just believe it. And <laughs> yes. you don't need a whole book. It's like simple stuff that just is a, a big hit. So was that challenging for you to like say, okay, I'm going to fill up a book that's really could be one cover. Yes. And write all this research and do all this stuff. Yeah, it was, I'll tell you what was interesting was for me, how to communicate all of the tools and the principles <laughs> yeah. that support this one notion in an arc that gives people actionable things to do mm-hmm. and that doesn't overwhelm them, but at the same time gives them enough things to activate this belief so that it never leaves their consciousness yes. or their soul again. Yeah, that's the power. Yeah. That's the power. What is the thing right now that's in the way that you need to figure out? I think one of the things that's been interesting about the book launch process for me, we're just in the process of actually figuring out how to get the book in as many hands as possible in a way that always feels authentic to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun. It's like, that's really the thing that we're figuring that we're figuring out. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're in the process of it, if, yeah. if that makes any kind of figuring sense. Figuring it out right now. Yeah, totally figuring it out. You've never done this. You've done other launches. And- yeah, I mean, I wrote a book when I was in my early 20s. Dating one, right? Yeah, and it was so, it was such a different experience. A different era of like getting books out then completely, too. Completely, yeah. completely. I didn't know anything. I didn't have a very big audience. I didn't have any confidence in my own ability to like negotiate or to mm. partner with anyone. Like it was mm-hmm. like such a different era. But that's that's the thing now, like figuring out. And we just did a, a kind of really fun video shoot yesterday that that's tied in to the book. Giada, who's my creative director, and I, we were like sitting at dinner last night and just laughing. We're like, oh my goodness, like we're working with so many different teams. Like imagine us six years ago, this yeah. would have totally stressed us out, and now yeah. we're like so joyful about it. So it's really Tonight, fun. That's cool. Yeah. Where in your life do you feel like you have the least amount of confidence? The least amount of confidence, I would say. For me, the place where there's like a real growth edge is saying yes to like a keynote talk, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where I could just say yes and get on that stage. I'm a talker. So Mm -hmm. I don't mind. I love talking and I love teaching, but I also am really interested in creating beautiful cases Mm -hmm. to inspire people to adopt ideas. And that takes for me. It takes work to craft those. You know, I was at at one point in college considering a law degree. So I took many law classes. And one of my favorite pieces of those classes was constructing the legal briefs because I loved finding an idea and then backing it up Mm -hmm. to make a case Mm -hmm. to 
argue for that, right? It's a great skill. But um, for me, that doesn't necessarily happen instantly. And I don't necessarily feel confident at this point in my career because I care so much about ideas, just like stepping on a stage and be like, I'm going to give a keynote like tomorrow, even though technically I know I could fill an hour. And be fine. And be totally fine. But I don't feel the same level of confidence as, let's say, other aspects, like, you know, you could throw me in any kind of interview. You could throw me in some marketing situation. You could mm. throw me in almost any, and I'd be like, give this, yeah. bring it. Yeah. Um, but that's the area that I'm Giving excited. keynotes, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, it's, it's really a fun, just because I've spent the last decade focused in other areas, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, so yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. What's a skill set you really want to learn over the next decade? That okay, you, there's you a couple. Yeah. I got a couple. So, um, <laughs> So I don't know if it'll happen in 10 years because just like with the book, it's not necessarily something I'm like, I want to really do this, but mm-hmm. I don't have the time because that's bullshit. I do have the time. It's just about what priorities Desire. are. Yeah. Yes. So it may not be within a decade, but certainly within 15 is learn to speak Italian. Gosh, yeah. Because I love the language and I, I practice little bits here and there and I practice around my trips and I just know in my heart that God willing, I'm on the planet long enough that that will be to go over there and spend some time and like do an immersive program mm, where I can sweet. just drench myself in the culture and not speak English for like eight weeks wow. and just do it. I think the other thing that I would really, I'm a horrible singer, horrible. I love karaoke. Yes. I love singing and rapping, I'm doing whatever, like anything in the karaoke world. But I think along with that Italian thing, uh, training, like vocal training, mm-hmm. I think would be so fun. Not even necessarily to perform publicly, but I feel just for like- yourself, inner confidence skill, Just yeah. for even like singing in the shower. I have so much fun it's singing no good. matter what. Yeah. <laughs> but being able to like follow a tune, like I see it a lot like dance. So for me, when you learn choreography and- it was unfamiliar to you and then it gets in your body and you are actually able to not just perform technically, but you can dance the choreography. There is a freedom in that mm, feeling. It's amazing. That's remarkable. It's amazing. And I, I suspect, and I don't know if this is true, but I suspect there's something akin to that mm-hmm. with singing that yeah. if you could learn a tune and actual, do you know what I mean? Be able to follow the yeah, notes. Absolutely. That it would be a really joyous experience. I know. I mean, when I started learning salsa dancing, it was for. You're good at that. Thank you. I do my best. For three and a half months, I was, you know, I think we learn anything. You're self conscious. You're like, I suck at this. Yes. Especially a partner experience. I was like, oh, I'm just making these people look bad every day. I felt bad. And it wasn't until like three and a half months things started to click where I was like, I was fluent in salsa dancing. And then I was not self-conscious anymore. I wasn't thinking about counting the steps and hitting the beats. I was just flowing. Yes. And it was just like the rhythm took over and I was like, I'm a Latino. You know, I was like, <laughs> I am a Latino. You know what I mean? I just started taking singing lessons at the end of last year. And it's been a game changer for me because I've never sung in front of people because it's one of my fears. Yes. So every year I try to write down, like, what are the, the biggest fears that still hold me back? Yes. Whether they don't hold me back because I just don't try them, but I know they hold me back inside. Yeah. yeah. And I never did karaoke before. I would just go and watch and I would never do it. Yes. Unless it was like 10 people singing at the same time type right. of thing. You know, it's like I would never do it myself. And um, I started to, I was like, okay, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to do lessons. And it's been amazing. Did you find someone here local? I found or? someone local, and I was like, all right, I need to find someone who terrifies me. And I was like, who's one of the best singers in the world? And who's her, their coach? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Sia. 
for me is like Chandelier, yes. the song. I was like, this girl can sing. Yes. I'm like, who is her coach? Yes. I found her coach. And um, I'm working with Sia's coach. Yeah. We're gonna, brother, you're going to have to share a little text. Because right? <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't it's know. It's amazing. Is yeah. it? No, it's amazing. I, I really want to learn. Yeah, the first few weeks I did it, I was literally like drenched in sweat, so nervous. Because just me and her, and I'm singing right in front of her. Yes. And I'm just like, see all the posters of all the, you know, the singers that she's worked with. So I'm like, what am I doing here? Every week it just got more and more natural where I was able to expand my range and open my vocal cords and everything, and I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, wait, so have you sung publicly a little bit? No, no, no. I mean, I've done karaoke a couple times, but I'm not. Do you want to sing right now? No. I don't really want to do it for public. No, of course. You know what I mean? It's just like you with the shower. I understand that. I completely understand that. But if I need to, I could, and it wouldn't terrify me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally respect and totally understand it's that. It's a it's a game changer though. Yeah. Just like the art of learning something new that you're scared of, I yes. think is powerful for all of us. Completely. And uh, and to yeah. be able to hang out there, like um, yeah. so. Part of what we're doing with the book, we were talking about this a little bit off camera. So I wanted to do something special, and we're doing this thing in New York, and I'm grateful because it sold out. But we describe it as: imagine if a Beyonce concert and a TED Talk had a baby and then threw a block party. Yeah, and um, <laughs> that's kind of what we're doing. And there's choreography involved. And not just of other dancers, but for me. Yeah. And I will tell you, Lewis, the other day I went into my first day of rehearsal. And mm. even though, right, I was a Nike elite dance athlete, and this is going way you back. You taught dance. And- I taught dance. I don't have a formal dance oh. training like background. Like a hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I was completely self-taught, and I didn't start until um, my mid-20s. So I was like over the hill in the dance world. So <laughs> I'm, I'm still not anywhere near the realm of like some of these incredible mm-hmm. folks mm-hmm. that are out there. And I was going into dance rehearsals the other day. Lewis, I was so terrified. I actually did like a little, I recorded it on video because I wanted to remember the feeling of how much I wanted to like throw up, how scared I felt of just going into that room and just the notions, like the visions in my mind of just being completely overwhelmed, being like totally shut down. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Like all of that fear of of stepping into, and and what I had said to myself was like, I'm so curious if other people experience this in other disciplines. Again, whether it is Speaking in yeah. public, um, having a conversation with a loved one, starting a business, starting whatever, a business, yeah. writing a um, book, whatever it may be, going yeah. into a new kind of phase of their health or fitness, mm-hmm. showing up for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's a really exciting place to be, and I uh, loved. It was uncomfortable to hang out with those feelings, but after three days of rehearsals, I was like, "Let's do it again." Yeah. Were you yeah. with like professional dancers also, yeah. who are like yeah. top so, pros in New York? Yes. And uh, so that particular rehearsal, like we have, we have rehearsal with the rest of the team coming up. But this is with, the, like, I mean, people who have choreographed and worked with folks like Beyonce and like, mm, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we're, and so the intimidation like, level what am I is doing like here? completely. Just like, what have I got? <laughs> we start with the two into? step guys. Yeah, yeah it's like just start <laughs> Take the basics. It real, real slow for this one. That's good. Yeah. I think it's important for people to get out of their comfort zones as much as possible. And it sounds like your your free course that you have, it sounds like if people buy a book, they get access to the free course. Yeah, so I want to talk about this mm. real fast. So writing for me, I was saying how it wasn't an easy process and I was trying to do a really good job, just do a good job by my publishers and by the yeah, audience everyone. too. Yeah, yeah. Turned in the first 
draft of the manuscript and uh, was waiting for feedback from the editors and the publishers. And they, you know, sent a lovely email with you know, a bunch of notes <laughs> for each chapter, stuff to tweak and to change all part of the process as it was. But I had spent a ton of time on this last chapter and I was like super proud of it. And I was hoping for them to love it. I wanted them to like love round it. Round of applause, bravo. Or, or something yeah. like, oh my goodness, like <clears throat> that's so great. No. The feedback was, we think you should lose that chapter. Like, mm. that chapter needs to just not be there. We yeah. think the book ends here. It feels like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I was definitely, like, crestfallen and felt disappointed. Yeah. But then I, I had the two-week break off for the holidays, which gave me a moment of perspective shift. And I went back and looked at the material, and I was like, you know what? They are right. This book doesn't, This excuse me, this chapter doesn't belong in the book. It belongs in the classroom. Mm. I can actually help people with this material so much more if I can use the benefit of my voice, of visuals, of fun sheets. So I took the material, reworked it, developed it even further, and then turned it into an online course, and people can get it completely for free. Wow. It's There's no upsell. It's, it's not like that. But to celebrate the launch of the book, I just want people to have that extra information that didn't make it in. So it's kind of like the advanced material to help you embed the belief everything is figure outable wow. into your psychology because I, my friends were asking me they're like you think this way automatically because this is some this is an idea that well, you've you grown do. up with yeah yes yeah, so now it's a part of my DNA so I was like how can I help other people in a really simple and easy way get this belief to be a part of their DNA so mm. they can get the benefit of it like this and so that free course which is called the figure outable formula if you order the book you can get in there's a there's a page it's everything is figureoutable.com slash free gift and you just upload your receipt you'll get an email when we're starting the course and you know you can have that right. material for life it's five days live it's five days yeah. the the videos are super short so it's not yeah. like you have to have a big time commitment right. if you have five or ten minutes a day i will teach you a tool that is research backed that mm-hmm. will help you get this Lewis. this is so great I'm, this is why i was so proud of it i was yes. so disappointed <laughs> you can get over any fear any doubt any negative belief and get into action in 90 seconds or less wow there you it's, go it's fun you might not you might have to you're going to have to use the tool a couple times sure, right sure. just like anything else i love that but it will it will get you into that space of moving forward rather than mm. feeling stuck what are the things that you would say, maybe you don't do these every day, but if there are three to five things that if you could do every day, yes. you know you would have a much better day if you don't do those things. Okay. And maybe you do them every day, maybe you do them most days, and sometimes you miss, but... I'm a most days person. Yeah, me because um, Because... Because <laughs> life happens. Be, well, yeah, and I mean, just, you know, you and I had been texting back and forth. We were both traveling so much. I had, like, a pretty... It was just one... You know when you just have those travel days where you're on the tarmac for a few hours? You're like, I and can't they, work out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was just like, I got in, I had hardly any sleep. It was just a moving yeah, target. So my most days things are... Movement for sure. So on days when it's tough, it looks like a little app that racks up a seven-minute workout that I can literally do anywhere, yeah. like in an office, to on better days going to a class or doing like a full 30-minute or a 45-minute or something like that or like a dance class or a spin class. In anything in that range, even if I can only get in a seven-minute workout, I'm proud of myself because I did something, Yeah. right? So movement. Meditation, another big one. I actually saw it the other day when I was in rehearsal. So I had three days of row. Two out of the three days I meditated. The two days that I meditated, my ability to remember choreo was so much faster. And the second day, 
I felt like my body had just needed more rest because I had pushed it really hard the day before. So I had this moment. I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you've got like a little bit of a choice or like, oh, does the body need this or this? And for me, I'm working really hard to maintain my health as I'm pushing myself very hard. So it's just making choices to go like, does will the extra hour sleep or whatever? But I noticed that the day that I didn't meditate, I had a harder time and I was harder on myself mm-hmm. in the studio. Yeah. So meditation. Yeah. Drinking enough water. I am definitely one of those humans that between like water and food, if I get into like a creative zone doing mm-hmm. something. You forget to eat. Yes. Drink. I'm like, oh, wow, it's 730 and I have not touched food. Wow. Not, do you know what, so yeah, yeah. obviously proper hydration. And then I would say when this works for Josh and I, this is like a non-negotiable in the morning. Like we have coffee together in mm-hmm. bed pretty much every day. Like there's maybe a 20 minute or like half hour connection time. That's good. Where we just, we bullshit, honestly. Like yeah. we just talk about- or whatever. Talk about whatever. We play with Kuma. We uh-huh. talk about anything. It's yeah. just like hangout time. That's good. And it feels really, it's just grounding. And it's just like a moment to be with that mm-hmm. person that you really love yeah. before the rest of the world. So those are the things that for me, okay. and it's not much more complicated than that. Simple. Yeah. There are certain times of- like creatively where maybe journaling, like when I was writing the book, it was a really helpful way for me to kind mm-hmm. of process new ideas, but I'm not an everyday journal person. Mm-hmm. The, uh, sometimes it feels like it's just kind of the faucet is open to, and I have to actually go right into it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. What's something you think that you could add or eliminate that would make your life better? Add or eliminate? Maybe one of each. I think the more I dial up physical activity, I am just more joyful. So mm-hmm. it would just be to kind of crank up the volume on that even more and then eliminate. It's a really, okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like came to me, I'm like, okay, I'm wanting my, my <laughs> subconscious to surface something. I will tell you, and I don't really know if this would make my life better. I really don't. So I love, I call it real estate porn. Because I just are you on Zillow all day like me? I have it's street easy for New York, and I have other where it's I just like seeing interiors, and I like seeing the shapes. I I don't know what it is. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. But I love seeing how different things are constructed. It feels like when I just, I like flick through, I have no desire to go look at these places. I have no desire to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But there's something yeah, about yeah, it yeah, yeah. that I'm like, well... 
I know how some folks, and you know, God bless all of us, right? We all have our little things. Like some people are like, oh my goodness, I spend too much time on Instagram. That's not really me. Yeah. I'm not super duper into social, but I would say if there's any app that I overuse, it is that real street. Is that, is that real? I just go, I'm like, oh, what's new? Or what's happening? Or, you An know. hour passes, and you're like, what did I do with my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But some, sometimes I will admit though, sometimes it is a great way for my brain to just actually, almost like the you know what I mean? The dust settles if um, obviously meditation would be like Better. ideal. But there's sometimes where if that's just what my little heart is like, girl, just get yourself a moment or two of real estate porn. I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's like watching a movie. It's just yes. you're just watching a movie and totally. you're, you're on way. Yeah, you know, totally. That's just your movie. Yeah. So again, I'm still I'm skeptical <laughs> yeah, about yeah, whether yeah. or not less of that would Try actually be good. Try for a week see what it does. <laughs> Dude, instead of that, go do another workout class or yeah, a yeah, meditation yeah. class well, or yoga. Or... Yeah, because it's the nighttime thing. If I work out at night, then I can't sleep. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. So early so, morning, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. But if I find, if I think of something else that's that's terrible, I will mm. absolutely give you an update. What's something you're proud of that no one knows about? Something I'm proud of that no one knows about. I think no one knows about this maybe because I haven't spoken it, but I'm really really proud of my team and the company I've built. Mm-hmm. And I know, I've, maybe I've talked about it, so I'm not trying to weasel out of it, sure. but that's the first thing that came yeah. into my heart because I love them so much and I love seeing how happy they are. Yeah. And I that's feel great. like while they make their own choices, they've opted to be here, I feel like I've played some part in bringing these magical humans together. Yeah, yeah. And when they send me Slack messages that say like, I feel like I have my dream job. Like, I can't wow. believe this is real. That's it, cool. It, it That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty prideful, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What is the thing that you're most afraid of? I think I'm Besides most... the heights we talked about before. But yeah. yeah. Um, More of like an emotional thing you're afraid of. An emotional thing I'm afraid of. I think... Not like spiders or like snakes, but no, I mean no, something no, no, else. No, 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 like... something, something real. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, nothing that... You know, I think it would be behaving in a way that I was unaware that I was hurting someone Mm -hmm. that I love. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like finding out after too long of a period of time that I had Mm. been doing something unconsciously that was unkind or that was hurtful or that was somehow damaging to someone and I didn't know Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, I think I I would just be like, not because I'm, is striving to be perfect, but I I love people and I would never want to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. And to, you know what I mean? To know if that I had been doing something unconsciously that, yeah. was, that was causing another person pain, mm-hmm. that would suck. Would suck. Final few questions. Your mom, you know, people are going to learn about your mom and the lesson she taught you about everything is figure outable in this book. What's the one lesson that she taught you that you don't talk about in here that's really impacted your life? And one lesson your dad taught you that was really influential for you? You know, my mom, a lesson that she that she's drilled into me that I don't talk about in the book is just like how important it is to love your partner. Mm, mm. Really. Like it's just she's my mom is such an interesting character she's still alive god bless her it was just uh-huh. her birthday actually yesterday um wow. and she's spicy like she's real spicy sometimes you know like all of our parents and yeah. all of us as humans we're complicated right we're not mm-hmm. that easy to get and my mom 
there's times when she will be like, you know, while you're young right now, while you and Josh are together and you both have your health and you're both able to do all, she's like, I remember she had said this to me right before we went to Italy. She's like, I need you to do something. She's like, I know how busy you are. I know there's a lot going on. She's like, but when you guys are together, promise me that you're just going to take a moment when you're in whatever little cafe that you'll just sit there and have, if you're drinking a cappuccino, she knows I love my, you know, cappuccinos mm-hmm. or espresso. She's like, just really take it in because it's not gonna last forever. And just look at him and like really taste that cappuccino and look at like the birds or the trees or whatever's there and she's like, take that moment in because there's gonna come a time it's not gonna be around anymore. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, she's real good at drilling those things in and it's important, Mm -hmm. it's important. We did it, like when we were there, it was so, I was like, hey, remember what my mom said? And he was like, yeah, and we we're like, let's okay. Take it in. Yeah. yeah, let's like, let's, let's do it. Like we're here right now. Mm. Like we're still, like we still have our health. We still have the ability to like walk around and to enjoy this. And you just, you yeah. don't know. Yeah, as opposed to doing constantly, let's travel, yeah. let's do this, let's just be. In that little moment. Yeah. In, in, the, in the really like simple moments. Yeah. The simple moments of like having a slice of pizza or just hanging God, out on like pizza. a. Me too. I have, I have, by the way, I have really great pizza recommendations. In New York? Both. Or here too? Yeah, well, I'm not here, New Italy. York and Italy. Here, okay. I, I will, as a side note, we went to Naples for the first time and I did three pizzas in three days. So pizza for lunch, pizza for dinner, and then pizza for lunch the day before we left. Dream. I'm going to give you a video of that's the my best. dream. Oh my God, it's awesome. So that's, that's <clears throat> mama. Yeah. Um, my dad, he really taught me about like over delivering in business and like the notion that you just take care of people. When people show up to your business, right? And so he had a printing business, like a just a small physical mm. business. And sometimes his clients would be in a bind and we would go in on the weekends and weeknights. You know what I mean? If there was like, okay, we got to get this big job done for this person. Like this is a really important client to my dad. They're in a bind, like whatever happened. And you know what? This is what we do. We take care of people. Yeah, wow. We, we go above and beyond. And my parents, we would like when we would all as a family go into work when there was like a something going on that was intense, like they would bring a boom box. We would order a pizza. We were wow. in Jersey and we would like turn it into like a work party. And I think my dad just taught me this, this, the value of the work mm. ethic, which is good. It's like, you don't complain. You just show up. Yeah. You do it with enthusiasm. And when people are kind enough to reward you with their business, mm-hmm. you reward them with mm. going above and beyond That's and good. like taking really good care of them. That's cool. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you, Marie, because it's been amazing to watch your journey and to know you for the last decade and to see you continue to grow into such a, just a loving woman. Thank you. Just a human being that cares about humanity. And I think that's what I respect about you the most is that your desire to impact people. And for me, that's what I want to do. I want to do more of impacting people and you do an amazing job of working so consistently and committed to creating the tools and the information to inspire. You inspire men, but most of your work is for women and women entrepreneurs, and I think that's um, that's the thing I admire the most about you, so I acknowledge you for that. And I admire you for, it's not easy when every not everyone, but lots of people do things different than you do it. 
in your relationship, not being a mom, whatever it is that you yeah. do it differently, yeah. it's not easy to hear that all the time. Or think like, oh, am I, you know, should I be doing something else like these women are doing or whatever. Yeah. And um, so I really acknowledge you for owning your truth for where, for where it is right now and just being who you are. Because I think it's you. in a world where it's easy to judge ourselves and compare ourselves to other people's lives, you are living your life. And I think that's really awesome. Thank so, you. Yeah, of course. Thank of course. you. And thanks for having me on. Of and thanks course. And congratulations. I mean, I feel similarly in our friendship, too, because we've been in each other's lives for mm-hmm. so long. And it's always so fun for me to see how many things you're doing and how many people mm-hmm. love you and how you're like, oh, my God, you're Lewis House. And I'm like, yes, my boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I appreciate awesome. it. Appreciate it. The book is out. Uh, everything is figureoutable. Make sure you guys pick it up right now, Marie Forleo. Go to the website, marieforleo.com or everythingisfigureoutable.com, and they can enter the receipt. You'll have it all over your website, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very simple, very clear. Um, to get the, the bonus courses, things like that, check out the tour that you're on. It's probably already sold out by now when you're watching this or listening, but check it out. Maybe you can get a ticket. What else can they do besides getting the book, following you on social media, yeah. Go to website. I think use this simple idea. You know, mm-hmm. just take this on. I like to just tell people, try it before you deny it. Mm-hmm. You know, for folks that are skeptical, mm-hmm. like, is everything really figureoutable? Yeah. There are actually three simple rules. I'll run through them really okay. fast because it helps us have this mental container. Perfect. An eight-year-old asked me when I was first writing the book, like, Marie, no, everything's not figureoutable. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I can't grow human working wings out of my back and fly. And I was like, well, that's true right now. We don't know where we're going. Yeah, exactly. Crispers on the, on the <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we can indeed fly. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then he said, <laughs> you know, well, I can't bring my childhood dog back from the dead. And I was like, well, not yet, but cloning is happening and we are, mm-hmm. you know, kind of people are looking at cryogenics and stuff. And he's like, oh, I get it. So here's the three rules. All problems or dreams are figureoutable. Mm-hmm. Rule number two, if a problem isn't figureoutable, it's not a problem. It's a fact of life, like mm-hmm. death, gravity, laws of nature. Rule number three, you may not care enough to solve this particular problem or reach this particular dream, and that's okay. Find something that you do care deeply about and go back to rule number one. Mm. And what that little set Mm -hmm. of rules does is it helps us create a mental container Mm -hmm. with which we can use this idea for its highest intention, which is our own growth, our own learning, and our own capability to develop ourselves to make meaningful change in ourselves and the world around us. Mm. So, good. Yeah. yeah. And we do have stories in there for anyone listening who's like, well, wait, but what about like terminal yeah, illness exactly. or the loss of a child mm-hmm. or any of these hard truths that we humans face? Right. We have stories in there from folks. I'll tell one quick one before we go. Mm-hmm. A woman named Jen wrote to us. She said... I watched your Oprah talk mm-hmm. about everything is figureoutable. I actually watched it with my mom because it's a lesson she's been trying to teach me my whole life, and we both loved it. She said, then, though, everything changed. My mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and suddenly nothing seemed figureoutable. But when she said she took a step back and looked at it from a different perspective, things were. She could find nursing care for her mom, who lived in a rural area. She could find foods that she could tolerate, and she Mm. could get medical equipment, which would allow her mom to spend her last days, and in fact, her last five weeks in her home, which is where she wanted to be. So Mm. she wrote and she said, it 
actually turns out that everything is figureoutable. And thank you for sharing that talk, which made a difference to me and my mom who live on the other side of the world. Wow. So I just wanted to say that for anyone listening who is just like struggling with one of those really difficult, hard truths, that there's still an ability to use this idea Mm -hmm. to awaken an innate power that you have within yourself to figure out things that will make a tremendous difference even in the midst of really challenging circumstances. Yeah, that's powerful. Two final questions. This is called the three truths question. I ask everyone at the end. Okay. So imagine you've accomplished everything you want and you live as long as you want. But at one point you gotta go. Yes. Okay, you're 100, 200, whatever you wanna be, as old as you wanna be. And you've created everything again that you want, but for whatever reason you've gotta take all your work with you. Mm. All your written words, your audio, your video. Taking it with us? Books, whatever, everything that you've created, it's got to go with you to the next world, wherever it's going. Okay. So there's no more access to it. Okay. But you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down three things you know to be true about your entire life and the lessons you learned that you would share with the world as mm. your final three lessons to the world. Okay. That they would have to remember you by, but also as kind of like a guide for their life. Okay. What would you say are your three truths? Not trying to squirrel out of this. They would all, it would be this. Everything is figureoutable. Mm-hmm. Everything is figureoutable. Oh, and by the way, everything is figureoutable. I'm not kidding. There you go. It, Those are good. It would. Those it are would great. be it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Simple. And uh, final question is, what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness, inspired by how I see success, inspired by the great Maya Angelou. Success is liking who I am, liking what I do, and liking how I do it. So I think greatness is an expression of mm-hmm. that, an extension of that, of liking who you are, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I think mm. if those things are aligned, any one of us can feel that sense of greatness. Mm. Marie you. love it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Big fan of Marie Forleo. And if you have not checked her stuff out yet, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to get her new book. Follow her on social media. And share this episode with one friend. Text a friend who you think this might help through the wisdom and the knowledge and the lessons that Marie shares here today. Post it on your Instagram story. Tag Marie Forleo. Tag myself, Lewis Howes. And You can be a champion. You can be a hero to someone today by sending them this free resource and helping them improve their business, their life, their relationships. And that's what this is all about, to help people grow and reach their potential. And as you know, when you reach your potential, there's always more potential to be found and to be created after that. So this is a never-ending process. You're an amazing human being. I'm so happy that you decided to show up for yourself today to improve your life, to improve your business, to improve the wisdom that's already within you so that you can take actions on your dreams and reach your potential. Charles Schultz said, there is no heavier burden than an unfulfilled potential. Don't let the burden of wasting your life away hold you back anymore. You can take the steps each day. You can fail, you can make mistakes, but just keep moving forward so you don't have that burden weighing on your chest. I love you so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.